<laughs> so what was the high of your day? There, I took a nap, I guess. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. <laughs> I was about to be there isn't one. <laughs> There's always a high. It doesn't mean it was like an amazing moment, but... That also means, obviously, there's worse moments, you know? Mm-hmm. Kind of, like, pick from the worst. <laughs> so my high day oh, yeah. was that... I actually had <laughs> are blending together and I'm like hmm, which one was my my high I guess having dinner with my mom mm-hmm. my high because was I don't like, always get I? to do that yeah. so nice nice fuck yeah fuck yeah what's up guys welcome to the red rum and red wine podcast podcast where we talk about murder mystery mishaps and uh what makes us happy which apparently is not a lot <laughs> my name is Kristen. my name is sarah oh guys 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 today's monday right yeah it's been like the mondiest of mondays the mon- <laughs> like the mon- most mundane mondays that mondays will allow my dog didn't even get out of bed until five 5 p.m today yeah i like actually took a nap today which if uh you're me you know that that's like not yeah but high fucking five. high five cheers for those uh that can't see i'm fucking maybe you can tell from my voice i feel like death and dying and this is a shot of life aka nyquil nyquil please sponsor <laughs> <laughs> um yeah nyquil i actually like your uh Z-Quil stuff <laughs> yeah. sleepy time I'm like, this isn't even NyQuil. It's like the fucking drug brand. Equate. Um, Equate. Shout out, though, because I fuck with you. Yeah. And shout out, Florida. You are the shot glass of today. (laughs) (laughs) My friend visited Florida, and all I got was this this lousy jigger. (laughs) Lousy what? The lousy jigger. Like a little, you know, like shot jigger. Oh. But yeah, yeah. What's up? Oh my god. Sorry. Um deeply apologizing for how the next few weeks play out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick. Sarah's traveling. I know that we're not getting this episode out tomorrow, probably. I like need to sleep. But um we're hoping, fingers crossed, after Christmas we can get back to regular scheduling. We wanna say next week, but we just really don't know how it will play out with uh Sarah traveling back and whatnot, so at some point, we're going to go back to Tuesday, Thursday postings, we hope, within, like, the next two weeks. Yeah. So, bear with us. And Y'all are still getting episodes. It's just yeah. not on our normal posting days. We want to so. appease all ten of the people that follow. So, I mean, you're definitely getting two episodes. It's just, you know, it's, I love you. it's a mystery as to when. That's the fun of it. Yeah. 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 So, what are we, we drinking on, <laughs> on your side? <laughs> Sorry, half flash. <laughs> okay. So, I uh, am drinking Hopstorm IPA. Nice. It's a cool can. It's like a ship in a storm. I do like it. Cute. Anyways. Cute, cute. It's from BJ's. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Well, hell's yeah, BJ's. Well, too bad, too. I I do have a beer. I don't really know if I'm going to touch it. I've had a few sips, but I got my trusty Ruby Grapefruit. It's been a second since I've brought this baby out on the pod. It's definitely <laughs> like more of a springy time drink, but I just needed something white to yeah, keep me going. Like that year round. Hey, and it might help your um night cool. Yeah, that's what I'm just, thinking. Just a little bit. That's I'm what not, I'm like, thinking. Donating it. As like, we're not saying to do it, hobby, but if you happen to take a shot of NyQuil, you can also drink a beer and stay up and feel the effects of that. Wow. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's all fine in dandy here. But, um, yeah, shall we just, uh, oh yeah. So I think we have something to just mention really quick. We want to talk about and spread awareness on. Uh, yes. Within, you know, 
this audience and the true crime community. There was a uh, case that Sarah and I recently saw. There is a documentary about it out on Hulu uh, called Dead Sleep. And it goes over the death of Brooke Preston that was killed by their roommate, Randy Herman Jr. And uh, basically this asshole is trying to say that he was sleepwalking throughout the whole thing. I have not seen the Hulu documentary kind of out of respect for the petition that we're about to talk about because the family did leave a petition on change.org. I tried to do a quick quick search to find it, um, but I'll definitely have it linked below if we can find it. But yeah, the family just wasn't involved in the documentary. They have a lot of uh, anger towards it. And apparently, like, they weren't, they didn't ask, get asked for approval for it at all. Like, and they said, like, we don't want this documentary out. And I know, like, uh, he's trying to get a new trial and whatnot. So it's just a heavy, heavy moment for the family. And it, it shouldn't be added by all this media attention that is kind of skewing the evidence and not something that the family of the victim is condoning. So we read that and we just, you know, it really hit our hearts. It was a really messed up case to read about, but we highly suggest that if you are listening, if you're interested, if you want to sign the petition, like I said, we'll try to have it linked down below, but yeah, it's just unacceptable. Sorry. <laughs> what she said, it's, it's uh, the fa- you know, the family, is, there's just an extra layer of trauma when people are basically, it's a fine line because we talk about true crime stories and all this, all uh, types of stories. And, but when you're a big name like Hulu or whoever is getting paid from Hulu is exploiting the story almost without the family's approval. It's kind of fucked. I mean, it's fucked up. Yeah. So. Okay. So before this, a Robitussin run, <laughs> I wish. Robitussin starts busting. <laughs> so before this medication wears off, let's get into my story. So. A quick little trigger warning, because I finally remembered to put one at the beginning. Uh, It is actually very needed. This case involves children, particularly infants, particularly on that particular infant side. Because for today's case, I will be be talking about the Japanese practice of killing your baby, otherwise known as mabiki. Oh. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I thought I'd uh, branch out, could do something a little bit different, but just as interesting. So I hope yeah. that you stick around. I know it's a little bit historical, but huge shout out to Linfamy, Linfamy, I'm pretty sure it's Linfamy, on YouTube because he is like one of the only other content creators I saw that made a video about this. And uh, to research this topic, it's actually quite hard. Like I could only find a textbook. So y'all have me fucking reading a textbook. Uh, during my break you're welcome wow yeah so he does a really good job talking about the topics his videos are really fucking interesting and he's pretty funny so definitely go check him out if you're watching this um not like he would ever see this but hi you're i like your videos (laughs) (laughs) hi flash so before we start it's it's gonna be a fun fact kind of episode not so fun really but our first fact that I have is before 1790s, uh, infant side to the world, pretty much, I'm not just saying to Japan, uh, it's everywhere, was seen as ethically unproblematic and even socially responsible. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quite a rep. Yeah. <laughs> but again, <clears throat> like I said, I'm talking about everyone here. Like us Americans, we right. love to dump our babies in dumpsters on prom night. So we just like, you know, <laughs> different traditions. It just... Like tomato, tomato. Yeah, potato, <laughs> potato. <Jesus. laughs> oh uh, yeah, you don't click off if you don't like a baby death. Oh. <laughs> so what historians do know of the topic of Mabiki is that is it is from the Edo period, which is from 1603 to 1868. She's ancient. She's, she's <laughs> back there, but honestly, not that ancient. And then honestly, <laughs> when you see like when it stops, uh, no, not ancient at all. Yeah, well, because I consider well, us ancient, so. True. Yeah, I'll try pushing 30, you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, 
really this practice spike in the first half of the Edo period. Edo period. I'm saying words wrong. I'm so sorry. I'm going to try my best, but I am very... Edo. Yeah, I don't know if I can help you. Edo. Edo. I, I believe it's Edo. How uh, he was pronounced... Lin Femi was pronouncing it was Edo. So. Okay. I'm trying my best. <laughs> there was a statistical fact that around 20% of children during that time were actually killed by their parents. Uh, but from the textbook that I read... Oh, God. I'm so sorry. I forgot his name he did a great job educational wise. I will have it linked down in the resources below, but he gave a stat that if you included the abortions going on during that time, which weren't many, uh, it would be about four out of every 10 children being killed by this method. Yeah. Well, I wonder what it is today. Uh, I'll, I'll get into it. Okay. I was like going to say it, but I was like, ah, just wait. So it's mainly due to the fact that, um, Like I had said, abortion is not very common during this time. It's, one, extremely dangerous. Like we, especially during that time period, there's no way for you to successfully know if you're fucking doing one. It's like you're going to poison yourself and like hope it's the right dosage or something. And we're in the 1800s, right? Uh, 16 to 18. Oh, yeah. So it was illegal as fuck anyways, too. So it was mostly done in secrecy and whatever. You're probably getting into it. Yeah. Well, it was like... Actually, not like that. Like abortion wasn't. I'll, I'll get into it, but like okay. abortion wasn't really seen as like a bad thing. In fact, it wasn't really well, yeah. like seen as abortion, which I'll get into. Well, oh, and I'm also thinking of in like England and America because, yeah. um, like the show Harlots on Hulu mm-hmm. and shit. Like whatever. I forgot we're in China. <laughs> Japan. Japan. <laughs> yeah but no it's very um and a really interesting fact like i binged linfamy's video so he's just like had some really good content but uh, one of his other videos that i don't know if it was within the same time period but japan was very much like a sexualized country in a way that um I know for the upper class, it was almost seen as like if you weren't a virgin, if you were a virgin, virgin, you were seen as like having a demon in you. Like huh. being a virgin was not a good thing. They really wanted you to like be sexually whatever. Like you could have affairs. You just couldn't like be open about it. I don't know. It was very, very different time frames. Don't know what happened. But yeah, people were fucking swinging and banging back in the day. Yeah, man. Yeah. So there were kind of a lot of like, oh, because uh, we don't have birth control. Like the <laughs> the birth control that they had back then was like literally one of them was like you would shove uh, bamboo like sandpaper up your <gasps> vagina <laughs> and like or like you would put like a little something on your Some kind like of an lying. incense on your <sighs> stomach and like burn it or like a herb. It's just like birth control is nothing. So I'm sure quite a f- like pregnancy was kind of a common thing. Right. So the reason why, <clears throat> and I kind of get into it, like the place Japan is really kind of divided on their views and I'll post a photo of it in, uh, on Instagram or, or I'm going to try and get one here this time, but, Oh, I lost my spot. Where was I? But, um, it was, it would be very expensive for these gynecologists to get the herbs that were needed to perform an abortion. And the fact that an abortion was so dangerous, like on, not to say that childbirth back then wasn't dangerous because it was, and it was very much like they, if you had to pick between one or the two, they would say that giving birth was actually safer and then killing it rather than trying to kill it preterm and like yeah so that's I guess kind of where this practice comes along and there's a it's a lot more too which I'm getting into I keep saying that I'm sorry I'm already just like whoa yeah well because it's all like common and natural and childbirth for you know some of these things happen but for it to be such a practice it's like whoa yeah so like I had said previously their term for abortion wasn't even used in until the second half of pregnancy so if you were a woman that had an abortion in your first half it was what they called an acceleration of a menstrual flow so they wouldn't even call it an abortion and even 
after the child is born, like they don't see it as a child, which I get into. Well, it's almost like probably instead of an abortion, it's like a forced miscarriage. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it's like what side of it kind of are you? And yeah, and the whatever forms of birth control were allowed were seen as like highly disrespectful if you were to give it to your wife or something Mm -hmm. like that. So it's... It's so fucking Like, you'd rather weird. kill a baby than use birth control. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, the mindset wasn't, I yeah. mean, this is back in the day, I mean, so. whatever. I get, I get it. And, but yeah. I'm not, support, you know, we, we, not, I'm not saying I support it, but. We talk. I see your ancient views. Yeah, we talk about, <laughs> we, we digest a lot. Um, it's, like I said, this is like eight pages, so I, I kind of get into, yeah. <clears throat> so the story that I was talking about in the textbook is basically about a merchant named Shinbei and he goes to the shrine Itsukushima Itsukushima near Hiroshima and when he enters the inn he encounters this guest and the guest basically tells him like I have heard that there is someone here that is staying at this inn that commits infanticide and there is just no way that I can stay in this inn while they house such like mis- uh, miscreants or like such insidious people. Yeah. And what the guy doesn't know is that um, Shinbei is the dude from this town where they commit infanticide. So he's like kind of uh, having this guy come up to him and be like, how dare this insidious person? And he's like, oh shit, well, I'm the insidious person. It's like, let me talk to your fucking manager. And you're like, I'm the manager. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, But he kind of, like, plays it cool, and I think he asks him a question, and basically the guest tells him that the town that he's from, Izumo, has a practice that you do not kill your child. You know, if it's born, you take care of it. And the gynecologist that did live in the town that would perform abortions, like, everyone would hate him. He would be pushed to the outskirts of the town, and there was even, like, a childhood fairy tale that they made up saying that if a child were to point their finger in the direction of the gynecologist's gate, that their finger would rot off. So, it's, like, it's very... you. So what I'm trying to say with that story is, like, there's a huge divide within Japan. Not everyone is okay with it. And, like, in the photo that I'm going to post, you see that it's really, like, the northern and southern tips of Japan that are okay with it. And when you get to, like, the coast or the middle, people are kind of like, this is a crazy fucking practice and you shouldn't uh, kill your baby. Right. Oh, shit. But even with all of these you know polar extremes that are happening within japan there is one thing that they tend to find in common which believe it or not is their caring nature oh really (laughs) so uh linfamy and the textbook that i read read gave awesome examples but uh japanese really cherished life to the point where in order to get silk you would have to boil a silkworm in order to collect the thread and, like, let's say you're farming, you need to, like, dig up soil. You're killing bugs while you're digging up the soil. These workers would leave monuments for these animals that they would kill in the name of, like, doing their job. Because it was, like, I guess out of necessity. So out of respect for these animals, they would leave these monuments out for them. Mm-hmm. And, like, leave rice cakes. And it would be a way to celebrate their life. But if you had practiced Mabiki, you would see that these people would not leave a monument for their dead child out. They would basically dispose of it in ways that we'll get to in just a second. But the whole concept behind this and why they do this is because they do not see these infants or these children technically as a person yeah as a soul or fully grown or whatever <clears throat> and I, yeah yeah so according to japanese culture at the time it was really the belief that the soul of a fetus or a baby would not linger in the living world and if it did it wouldn't cause any harm or damage to where you know it it would be bothersome they said that really the only thing if the soul does tend to linger, is that you get a posthumous wail that you will hear. And there were some instances in the textbook where 
there was, I believe, like one flood that happened and this person could just hear the wails of like hundreds of kids. And it was just like, it's more of like haunting ghost lore and whatnot. But that's like the belief is that it's not going to be like a poltergeist baby coming at you and like, it's just like, like super realistic. Yeah. Um, and because of this belief, you know, it was very, very common that executions would be performed on pregnant women. And fun fact, not so fun fact, it would be until 1792 that pregnant convicts were allowed to give birth before they were executed for oh, their crimes. Shit. So it was like kind of a long kept practice. Yeah. 1792 okay. is honestly not that far off. Yeah, yeah it was like <laughs> not that long ago. Uh-uh. So, um, yeah, I didn't know that. I, I, for some reason, never wondered about that. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I should have because obviously women's rights have sucked. So, yeah. well, it's like I have learned a lot reading this case. It's been very interesting, which is why I hope y'all don't mind. It's like not really a true crime one, but it's fucking like people are fucking dying, um, bro. You. It's a mishap for sure. <laughs> yeah. I am actually learning a lot, and it involves the mishaps of our history. Yeah. Like, and fucking having, uh, being a parent right now, and I'm just like, I look at my little baby, and I'm like, holy shit. Wow. Okay. Now, to get into what the heck the word mabiki means. So, it is a farming tool originally that means to thin out, and it comes from this concept that... Uh. If you are farming and you are planting your seedlings, you can't have your seedlings close together. In order for them to grow properly, you need to pick a few out uh-huh. to give it, you know, space to grow. Oh my god, the metaphor is just crazy. <laughs> there, I something about Asian culture metaphors. I just well, like, that's like their. It's like their life lessons are like. Ugh, yeah. yeah, it's very there. Not um, that I know much, whatever. Yeah, it's Ugh. it's very. Um, I always like it. So mabiki is a tool that is used in order to provide, in their opinion, the best outcome for your household, because it is another cultural thing that with the people that you see that commit mabiki, they have this cultural belief that if you were to have, let's say, more than two or three kids, so you're pushing like three, four, five, six, you're seen as a feral animal because (laughs) (laughs) because only animals give birth to that many uh, children. Or like, let's say if you were to have twins or triplets or even like quadruplets during that time, like they said, if you for sure had quadruplets, like automatically you were labeled a feral animal because only animals give multiple births at the same time so it's like very much uh you will see the theme that like follows along is shame or what they call hanji so it's very much like they use shame to get these people to try and do what they want yeah sounds like a theme throughout history yeah true 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 (laughs) So after a woman gives birth, essentially the midwife or the mom or whoever is with them, hopefully if someone is with them, would ask them the simple question, do you want to keep the child or do you want to send it back? Oh. Now, one of the most common and oldest terms for infanticide, which is kogashi, is actually a term that translates to the return of the child to some other world. Now, when it comes to Japan, their world is the spirit world. So they believe that if they're sending this child back, they'll be sending their spirit or soul back to the spirit world where it can then later come back down when the time is right. Um, I respect that. It's like, I mean, mean, it's beautifully written. (laughs) Well, you know. For for the topic, it's like they, they really do justify it to themselves well yeah for their their um customs and their beliefs and their culture i respect that it's you know it's their beliefs behind what they do it i could see it yeah i'm not saying i'm 
I practice it, but or, it, you know, yeah, condone. But it's just they, um, yeah, they the writing and the research behind it. Well, I think one of the reasons why it was so hard for me to find information on this other than a textbook is uh, people obviously don't really want to talk about it <laughs> they don't they don't want to talk about their terrible terrible past where they would kill their babies oh and i'm sure it has caused generational trauma yeah so a lot of it is um like it's a lot of folklore is where we're getting the information it's not like you don't see it in history you see it in the folklore of how it goes and a lot of the art that they later depict for this like anti anti might be anti uh mabiki campaign but it's at the same time like you do see and i get into examples later on that like some of these parents i i don't know about all but some of these parents are really affected by what they are doing so it's it's like there's layers to this it's not all black and white like you think like you hear infant killing you're like oh but it's it's just like you you have to think back then um they they talk about one of the reasons why Mabiki was used at a certain time was there was a famine that went on and it was a huge famine, I believe in the 1700s that took out quite a few people. And it was like, these people were having to choose between like, in order for me to stay alive, I need to potentially like kill my child because I don't have enough food. And that's like another thing where you would like hear the whales. And it's just like there, it's a lot of, layers like the world back then was not how it was now so like don't don't get it twisted it's not yeah. like you fucking <sighs> yeah you 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 suffered quite a lot <laughs> now, um audio listeners you can't really see my face but my i'm just like my eyes are droopy and i'm just like oh hmm. because you know in a lot of cultures the more kids you have the more free labor you have and and but in others, it's like you can't even afford that kind of labor, so yeah. you have to think about the mouths that you can and can't feed, and so it just brings another perspective to things. So. Yeah, and a lot of um, kids like would disease and all of that yeah. stuff like have a really hard time making oh, it to adolescenthood. God. So it, it's please don't even go any further on that. <laughs> and I will. <laughs> Yeah, so it, it's just all shit. <laughs> I'm already... <laughs> so, fun fact, the first time that we hear of the concept of returning a child in history is as early as 1584, when we have Northeastern warlord Date Mas- Masume, Masumin, uh. Masamun, who writes about sending a child back in the letter. So, the definitive line between Japan or sorry the definitive line between japan in this time of when a baby or like an embryo becomes you know a person was very different and not gonna lie like it's still a topic that we fucking debate about today right uh-huh. <laughs> not, not gonna get into that topic but uh-huh. you know what we're talking about uh-huh. <laughs> so <answers>. yeah <laughs> so for mabiki the line for the child was drawn once the parents made the decision to keep the child so as soon as the parents said we keep it they say okay you can't kill this baby now you okay. can't no take back seas okay uh-huh like okay you gotta keep it alive um <laughs> okay i'll try <laughs> and even this was not enough for their culture to consider this person a full human being so technically they would see the child as half in the living world and half in the spirit world until they're around the age of seven. And it is, <laughs> it's not the, um, it's not, it's not the, it's like the actions that, sorry, it's the actions that you commit to so like your first haircut, saying your first word, walking your first step, going to school, like um, getting your first job, like things like that are what make you more of a person so oh god and because of this it was like expectations lead to disappointments people yeah it was way more sad for a family to lose let's say like their 16 year old than it would be for their six-year-old because they would technically like see that 16 year old as more of a person like they had more to live like okay than they would the six but 
this isn't to say that, you know, Japanese people were fucking cold hearted with their children because they weren't. As soon as the decision was made that they would keep it, you would hear, you know, mom stay up all night, like doing typical mom shit. It's like as soon as the role that they decide to keep the baby is done, they are like any other parent. And but they weren't like that before. They just had the option to kill it. it it's it's really like it it's fucked up. But the way I see it is this is their form of abortion because yeah. they they didn't have a better means to it. And I, I, like, I'm not going to defend it, yeah, yeah. but it that's just how they saw it is there was no way for them to abort in a like safe manner. Right. So this was really one of their only other options other than raising a kid and like having it it's... i know that's the part that kind of fucks me up is because obviously whatever it is decision you make you feel like is best for you but that time with the baby after birth like until you like literally decide yeah there's it's like so there's some evidence that comes up that there is actually like a fucking group of women um, in one of the articles I read, they found that 16 women were living around these villages and basically, like, get in their motherfucking bag, breaking the glass ceiling, making moves, offering to kill people's babies for them. So oh. they would go to door, they would go door to door and be like, hey, do you need a mabiki perform? Like, I'll do it for you. Hello, here's my card. <laughs> and as you could imagine, like, the it, the business took off. It was fucking popular like it, it was enough for all 16 of these women to live very comfortable lives so but what they point to is the fact that people are going out and hiring these women shows that the parents don't want to fucking do it because i'm sure like the mom is obviously like distressed it's it, it like they're not hard they're humans at the end of the day i know it sounds so fucked up but like the the emotion is still there and you see it within the actions that some of these people take yeah, it's and... just like their their culture is different than ours, and they just do and think things differently. It, it, yeah, it's kind of like I don't want to drop a bomb, but it's like then you argue what we're doing here, like because exactly. we're yeah we're still like trying to draw the line over here. So well, also people forget that we like... were we we were literally saying a couple of months ago like people were offering to do fucking live kill abortions like as soon as the baby's out in america so like this was a couple of fucking months ago we had mm-hmm. some congress people like talking about it so it's like yeah. if, if you're thinking that we're any better like we're not people to this day we still have it's not a line that's why this case is kind of hard to talk about hopefully too many karens don't pop off on me but i just think it's such a fucking interesting topic yeah. i so. mean it is touchy but it's important so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. History, period bro. History, bro. <laughs> can't can't get mad at the past you can only work to changing the future yeah hoorah <laughs> <laughs> what am i saying because i did kind of go off I, out of order and i do believe the women charged so now that i found it the women charged around 20 monme and silver which from like the five minute research that I did on it uh, converts like five yen to one mame, which one mame is 3.75 grams. But then when I converted that, it was like less than a dollar in today's currency. So I like, okay. I, I, I don't like, I don't think I did it right. Um, so like help a girl out, like tell me, tell me how much that is, but they would pay around 20 mame and silver, which um, it was enough for these women to like make a, a nice little lifestyle on. Okay. But when it came to the decision behind, you know, if you want to keep the child or send it back, it was not just up to the parents. Um, Actually, the grandparents could weigh in on it. You could even have your local villagers (laughs) weigh in on it and say, like, hey, I think you need to kill your child. (laughs) Because they um, have it's very much like a gift giving culture. And so. During this time, if you, if your baby had a big ceremony for like their first birthday, everyone in the village would go to your house and give you a really valuable gift. And so they're like, I don't have 10 gifts to give out this year. Stop having all these babies. So like the village could give some slight input. 
Well, don't they always anyways? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So the most common ways that we would see Mabiki being committed, definitely the most famous one was strangling or smothering. Unfortunately, um, okay. They would. I'm sorry, that was not a laugh. It was like a whoa. Yeah. So it would be really common for people to take a wet type of cloth and just simply put it over the face. Um, you know that one sounds pretty harsh until you hear the second option, oh my which God. is sometimes they would just neglect them. So they. Uh, what the fuck? Yeah. Okay. What? This one pissed me off a little bit, and I'm like, if your family did that, then like, no, that it, I'm like they should have had something. It, against that (laughs) okay bye but they just like don't see it as a kid so it's just yeah but um it was said that they like wouldn't even leave a blanket they would just leave sup yeah and in a room for days oh god not it wouldn't even okay yeah yeah it was a very popular belief that if you left the child under the floorboard that the soul would be able to find its way back to the house whenever they did decide to you know like have the right child <laughs> was uh-huh. I in a floorboard? <laughs> well, I don't think you have any Asian in you, so true. Yeah, but you never know. Never know. But yeah, another thing that goes into cultural beliefs is they would just simply put them in a uh, basket and send them off into the river. And this is the belief goes with the belief that the river is the basically like transports the soul to the spirit world so those were the most common methods that people would use from what i gathered i couldn't really find anything else about oh it thank god, god. last one was way more peaceful thank you oh, yeah because but i needed a, a a downer on after the yep 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 yeah <laughs> yeah reasons why to mabiki <laughs> so if kids were born prematurely, this was like you're for sure not surviving because it is seen as you are weak and there's no way that you're going to survive, you know, adulthood, which like especially during that time when you don't have medical help. OK, I kind of get it. But uh, yeah, if if you were born prematurely, but also out of here. back then it was hard to tell if you were going to be born with problems. I get it. But after you're born with problems, they're like, they make their decision. But fuck. And even so, like, deformity-wise, you should, like, some of the, if, um, one of the examples that Linfamy gave was if your child had its umbilical cord wrapped around its neck, then that's like an omen that your child is going to be hanged later on in life. So that was considered a deformity and they the parents would mabiki the baby so they overthought the deformities and took every excuse to basically it's like i i'm giving the list of reasons that like you know ethically they are probably giving to themselves but i'm like they they killed the baby if they wanted to kill the baby it wasn't like you didn't really need a fucking reason people you just killed it if you didn't want the baby yeah you got rid of it and even like it and i'm not even saying that about the wife like some i'm sure sometimes like the if the family i know if um linfamy does again another video if you're a prostitute it's up to the brothel to decide if they want to keep or send the baby away so like the prostitutes or the geishas don't even have control over that so it's very much like fucking trauma (laughs) trauma all around yeah so it like like so many fucking layers man this isn't like I did not do this for you to think, like, oh, the Japanese are so fucking horrible. Like, no. no. Like, I, we literally, us Americans, were talking about fucking killing dead baby. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> us Americans are no. The circle goes it, round. Everyone, everyone makes bad fucking ethical decisions sometimes. Yeah, it's like, no one is, no one is it's safe. And no one is safe on this podcast and we're coming for you. We're not even (laughs) safe. Watch. Did I kill someone? (laughs) No. Did you? I for sure would have gotten caught. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) They have my fingerprints in the system. I'm done. (laughs) That's what I said. I'm like, I've been in the system, dude. We can't. Yeah, we can't commit (laughs) caught. We can't. We don't have that luxury, okay? Because, you know, we're mishaps. (laughs) 
since 94. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I had said previously, if you had fucking twins, triplets, quadruplets, only one of those babies was probably surviving. And above all else, if you're not a boy, you're done. But it's like not all that. If the ratio is off, right? Okay. then you're done. So like if you're a boy, but you're in a family full of boys, you're done. <gasps> you're you're not going to be able to live because they want a girl. Even if it. Oh, yeah. Because they want then the, they have to split they the want fortune. The, <laughs> yeah. They want the ratio <laughs> to be like. If the ratio was off, if there were, like, too many boys, then they would start killing the boys. But yeah, for the most vice part... vice versa, of yeah. course. Yeah. Well, they just, like, wanted boys to begin with. But obviously, you need women for the boys to mate with. So some of the girls got to survive. That's just right. <laughs> how men be the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, <Yay. laughs> of course, um, bad timing. So, like, if it's unlucky numbers or if they were born at, like, an unlucky time, you would kill the baby. Based, like, literally any reason. It sneezed the wrong way. It looked at me the wrong way. This baby's got to go. Yeah. Well. Okay. So by the second half of the Edo period, the Japanese government, you know, begins to notice a problem. (laughs) And the only problem that would cause the government to stop or to step in and, you know, stop these people from killing their babies, which is the population became stagnant and even started decreasing in some parts. So they're like, um, where are all of our soldiers? We need to do something about this. So you see the Japanese government step in towards the second half or at least attempt to step in and start to tell people like, hey, maybe we shouldn't kill our newborns. Just a thought. Just throwing it out there. It's a, you know, humane thought. Yeah. You would see a lot of anti-Mabiki propaganda begin to pop up all around the place. You would see a lot of artwork depict, like, the women as demonic beings while they're giving birth or, I guess, killing the infant. Though these feminists just out here doing God's work, of course, never put any of the men in the artwork. Or right. if they did, they weren't demons. They were just like victims watching. Yeah, they were just like, oh my God, my life is ruined. Yeah. <laughs> and then when that didn't work, they would try the shame or the haji route. They would start saying, you know, like even animals take care of their children. So for you to go off and kill your child makes you worse than an animal burn babies (laughs) they would try all of these attempts um they would even try compensating people so i know in one town i know in one town they gave a barrel of something (laughs) sorry i lost it in my notes but they gave a barrel of something for compensation for every like the first three years of your child's life they would give you a barrel per year They would also uh, give couples abandoned land, materials, tax-free exemptions. They would try to give a lot of, like, government aid to try and get people to have babies. Okay. But it didn't really work because we live in a fucking society that likes to shame people. So Always. It was uh, figured that, oh, a bale of grain, there it is. But it was figured that around 10% of children in eastern Japan were on or, like, supported by some government aid during this time. But a lot of people would be shamed by their village, shamed by their family, and so you would see a lot of um, mabiki being performed kind of under closed doors. Because Uh, you would see... Yeah, when it's shamed upon and it starts to happen under closed doors, that's when it becomes unsafe, people. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Taxes. Because this whole Mabiki, uh, like, debacle is actually what started the whole, like, birth certificate. It's not a birth certificate for them, but, like, the birth status reporting. So, like, you would actually see Japan start writing down, like, oh, this woman's pregnant. She has to go report it. And if it dies, well, why did it die? If it's born, what is it? Boy, girl, like, name date of time aries whatever blah 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 so um 
you would see that you would have like a record keeping database with all of these pregnancies. And when we started to, or when Japan started to do that, you would see that the government officials would be like, wow, uh, there are a lot of like miscarriages or stillbirths going on during this time. And you would even see women go as far as making like a really public display of falling in public so that she would have that excuse of like, oh, everyone saw me fall. That's why I had the miscarriage. And so, yeah. And like all of this was still going on. It really wasn't until they stepped in and tried to make it more like a patriotic duty. Like, oh, Japan's going to lose. And I want to say because it took until around the 1800s for the population to and uh like mid 1800s for the population to start to trickle back up and by the time 1880 hit the government like the population got to a point where the government was like oh okay like i don't need to worry about it anymore i know by the beginning of the meiji period a lot of families would have up to six kids in the household so okay. it and as we know now like the population it got really overpopulated know, and then, and then, and then, then they, they made like other rules about <laughs> and now it's like no kids at all <laughs> but they still noticed a high number of miscarriage and stillbirths even when the government stopped interfering in the 1880s and it wasn't until really the 1910 to 1940 range where you start to see this shift where Mabiki really isn't being performed anymore, though there isn't like a singular reason as to why. It's just the thought is, is that Japan had hit a really had hit one of its first modern eras. And so the thought was, was that, you know, killing your child is very uncivil and not something a modern era would maybe do at least the way that they were doing it so they so you see this kind of like sudden stop and then you would have in 1949 when japan would legalize abortions for any woman that basically like you don't really need the reasoning behind it was you could have a abortion if you were in any kind of economic or mental distress or like need for it so very much like if you need one you you can get one Mm. so when you see this become legalized in 1949 you see for the next decade that it's kind of (laughs) but women just get a shit ton of abortions like birth control is not a thing at this point and It it, it isn't well it's like well, maybe not in Japan. I, I keep speaking as if I know. I'm sorry. But if it's a thing, even the most basic, I mean, in years prior, usually it was like even the most basic thing, like a sheet of certain material. Oh, yeah, like the goat know? skin. Yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. But realistic for for them, control? For them, it was sandpaper. So it, it wasn't, yeah, 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 like they didn't. From what I saw, there wasn't anything of, like, them using an organ skin or anything just, like that. It's not worth using it. Because they're, they're, um, yeah. Well, like, one of the, so one of the things that they did use was, like, an animal horn. Like, a, a an actual rhino horn. And it was said that, like, if this was used among geishas, that one video that Linfamy did that I saw. But if, um, like, the geisha didn't like you, she would make you, like, wear the horn. Because, like, obviously it's not pleasurable for the dude either because you're, like, fucking with a horn. Yeah, it's like a a strap-on dildo. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So it's, like, their methods of birth control were not, like, the pill, the IUD. You don't see that come out until later. And it's not until you see kind of, like, the push for birth control, uh, that somewhat modernized push for birth control that we see today is when you see the Japanese women stop using abortion as their main form of birth control and they start using the others. Um, But not to say that fucking modern day birth control is any better than some of these fucking uh, things that we used back in the day, but that is a, that's another episode for sure. Birth control. Life is what you make it. Birth control fucking sucks. Birth control is what you make it. <laughs> and they, uh, we need to figure that out. I so. mean, I've had a few that actually have been successful and I like, but then, then there's some that it just freaks me out. So yeah, but yeah, that is uh, my topic for today. I didn't really write anything 
to end it, but I, yeah, hope, I know it was, like, a little different than what we normally do, but I, I enjoyed it. I thought I it mean, was really interesting. I just want to, yeah, anything that pops into my mind that I'm, like, I got to talk about. I mean, okay, so, obviously, well, maybe it wasn't obvious at all. It was new to me a lot, like, of, I don't know a lot of the Japanese culture, yeah. and so, especially not culture dating 100 back sorry back up <laughs> yeah no i get that i get that back a hundred years hundreds of years mm-hmm. and so women's rights birth control having babies the death of babies whether it be intentional like you know abortion or and you know when i say death of babies i'm not saying like I can death of a fetus. God damn it. <laughs> we do. Okay. The subject of babies in general, I guess with women is uh is always touchy, but I've never considered the history of it within Japan. Yeah. So I learned a lot. Yeah. I was wanting to do a topic on birth control for sure cuz that's just something that like I could Ugh. talk about for days the shitty options that we have, but right. when you start to think of like what happened in the past and kind of like the lack of information regarding infant side in a lot of cultures is it's just an interesting topic, but it goes to show that like you know us humans have a dirty, dirty, dirty past, and I just love talking about it. So mishaps, we're all mishaps, <laughs> even if you don't want to admit it. She's a dirty girl, and now she needs a shower. So <laughs> until next time, guys, be sure to follow us for all the latest and greatest on our social media pages. At R-A-R-W podcast. And be sure to send us an email if you want, if you want to hear a certain topic, if you just want to say hi, if you want to <laughs> share a story about anything. Please. <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> Red Rum and Red Wine Podcast at gmail.com. And if you're not already, go check out our YouTube if you want to see our lovely faces yeah. live in Instagram. And also, we are on Buy Me a Coffee, oh, you know, yeah. Good Pods, mm-hmm. just quick little shout outs to the little ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, cheers. Maybe not. Cheers to. Uh, cheers to. Uh, hopefully, don't look at this episode because I do look like shit. But hey, next time, I'll, I'll try harder. Yeah, we're in a pinch, guys. <laughs> Cheers to not being in a pinch. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Bye. <Okay>. Bye. <laughs>